It's called the MacGuffin Report. Movies, TV, American culture. You in? From LA, the MacGuffin Report. Produced by Inclusive Media. Okay. Hey, MacGuffin listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We're doing a special pandemic episode. Um, First of all, we want to say we hope everybody is safe and healthy and staying at home um, because that is the best we can be doing for our medical professionals and our grocery store workers and the construction people out there that still have to work unprotected. So hopefully we can get those N95 masks to them. And uh, yeah, but we hope our listeners are doing well and staying safe. Um, We wanted to do a special episode because a lot of us are trapped at home. And I mean, which is frankly a privilege, but we wanted to give you something to listen to and update you on some new media that has come out recently pre-pandemic that we've been watching and what maybe what we've been watching that we normally wouldn't watch. Um, So to kick this off, let's talk about the industry. Um, guys, Walter, Oz, how have you been coping staying at home? What's going on in the industry? Give us an update. Um, how have I been coping? Well, for me, because I work from home, so it's not too much of a difference. Uh, the difference is more for me mental, like where you know I can't go out if I want to. Um, I can't obviously see my family, uh, so that sucks. Um, but I've been watching, you know, the same amount of TV. Well, actually, I've been watching less TV, uh, surprisingly, ironically, during this time. But uh, I have been watching my share of TV. Ha- I watched one movie. Um, I don't know why I don't watch too many movies at home. I should, but I watched one. I kind of regret watching it. Um, I want to say it was called Wild Card. Uh, oh, I know why I watched I've it. I've never heard of that. There's, there's two reasons why I watched it. The first one was is Jason Statham. I don't know why I like all his movies. I don't know. Whatever. I'd like all of his movies. The second reason was that <laughs> William Goldman wrote the screenplay. Mm. So oh. that, that William Goldman, not not another kind, but the the the, the, the not, not another writer. kind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the original William Goldman. And I thought, wait, oh, who's the other William Goldman? Who knows? I'm because I'm thinking like maybe millennials, Gen Z, are like who's William Goldman? Oh, that William Goldman. And they probably don't know who it is. But the huh? big screenwriter William Goldman. Oh, so not William Goldman, parentheses, Roman numerals two on IMDb? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the camera operator, uh, you know, from Susan Cain. Yes. Uh, nice. So I thought, okay, this has got to be a winning combination. It was on Hulu. And uh, that, that should have been, honestly, that should have been, nothing against Hulu, but that should have been the first kind of sign, signal for me that this may not be a good movie. Um, but I, I watched it and I thought, Okay, the action was pretty good in the beginning. And then uh, the dialogue was pretty cool. It wasn't great. And then the story, it just kind of fizzled out. And then at the end, it ended. I literally was like, wait, that's it? And <laughs> I was highly disappointed. That's probably my worst Jason Statham movie I've ever watched. Um, so I'm probably going to keep movies on the back burner for now and just watch television. Uh, I know a lot of the American shows are ending because of the coronavirus. So I think some shows are, are, they're skipping their season finale, which kind of sucks. Um, but I get it. They need to stay safe. Uh, I've been watching uh, Korean shows and I, apparently Korean production, no problems, no issues. I think they skip for maybe one week. 
They're still going? Yeah, they're still going. Wow. There's new, uh, new shows uh, are coming out. I should fly over there. Yeah, this, this week. Well, you know, here's the scary part with Korea. So, you know, obviously they've been doing a lot more tests than anyone else uh, in the world, like per, uh, in terms of relatively to how many people they have. Apparently there's another spike that's going on. But uh, they're still shooting shows. I think two new ones came out this, this past week. Um, so they're still, they're still going. So I'm, I've been watching more Korean shows uh, while I'm at home. And, oh, you know what? The, the strange thing is, is I used to snack a lot. But maybe now my body's saying, dude, don't snack because you need to save you and conserve your food. So I haven't been snacking as much. But I have been eating healthier. God, I wish I was thinking that way. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? Go to the market, and I think you will because you don't want to go I back. I did. I went to the I went to the market yesterday. Oh, I don't want to go wipe back. Did you wipe everything down? Did you wipe everything yeah. down? Well, I I put a lot of the stuff in the sink and did a little okay. scrubby scrub with the soap. I mean, not yeah, my yeah. fruit and vegetables because you shouldn't put soap on fruit and vegetables that you're eat unless you yeah. peel it. But did a little scrubby scrub right. wipey wipe. Nothing too nothing too intense, but. I've been I've been wiping down stuff every day, like like stuff that I touch, like light switches, my refrigerator, my phone. Um, you know, just been wiping all that stuff down. I'm sure a lot of it might be overkill, but I'd rather be safe than potentially give it to somebody else. Um, which I think a lot of people are neglecting. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook about like, oh, this is like all fake news and whatever. And that's you fine. have. You yeah. Oh, I've seen that. Oh my God. Walter runs with a different crowd. If you want to believe that, original. yeah, I do. <laughs> my my Facebook crowd's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And you know, and can you please you talk to them? Phone, oh my well, gosh! You know, because problem, is that <laughs> sorry? Go ahead. So they get people get so upset. Yes. Yes. Know, whichever I agree. side you believe, yeah. you get so upset. So to me, my message is this: If you want to believe that it's a hoax and it's fake, that's fine. However, if if we're wrong. Like, if us that believe that it's real, if we're wrong, at the end of the day, yeah. we're just wrong. But if they're wrong, at the end of the day, people's lives get altered, if not lost. Yeah. So I say let's err on caution yeah. and not demean each other. But like, right. well, there's a lot of conjunction going on, and uh, it's unfortunate. Well, gee, I'm kind of almost the exact opposite of Walter here. Um, I... Um... I keep thinking about this one episode of Seinfeld. There's this episode of Seinfeld where George's then-girlfriend gets coronavirus. I I mean, mono. And so they can't um, have sex, right? And so George becomes a genius because he's got all this mental energy to use on things besides thinking about sex, right? He's not thinking about sex anymore. So he does stuff like he learns Portuguese, you know, he learns quantum physics and stuff like that. Well, me, because there's no sports on, I feel like George Costanza. I mean, my, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm able, I'm going back, I'm watching a lot of classic movies. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, getting more writing done. I'm doing, doing podcasts. Uh, I'll probably get a shameless plug in for that later on. Um, you know, this, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll sorry to interrupt. You, you said there's no sports on, but there's marble racing on ESPN. Oh God! Yeah, does that well, not count? Well, no, it does not count. See, see, see that. See, that's the thing. Cornhole. I was, I, I was on Facebook. I was wasting, you know, some time. I admit it. You know, I should be using all this extra time I have. But I was wasting some time on Facebook the other day, and, and one 
very distinctive non-sports fan friend of mine posted this thing. He's like, yeah, ESPN2, this is great. They've got like watermelon seed spitting. You all need to watch, right? And all these other folks that are not into sports are going, yeah, this is cool. And I, I never thought I'd watch ESPN. I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm saving two, three hours a day not watching ESPN right now. Please. <laughs> We're going to come out of this quarantine and ESPN's going to be like, you know what? We had more viewership with the marble racing and watermelon seed spitting. We're going to switch. Well, no. You know what Goodbye I like sports. on e You know what I like on ESPN that they're doing? I was going to save this for later on the show like what have you been watching lately that you wouldn't normally watch, but here's what I've been watching uh, on and off, not too much, but on ESPN they're showing classic sports. Right. So like the other day, I was like, you know, cooking like I usually do. And, uh, you know, I was watching the freaking Celtics and Lakers from 1985. Like, dude, Bird, Johnson, you know, Worthy. You know, it's like, come on, Kevin McHale. Come on. This is awesome. There was a they had a Charles Barkley game when he was with the Suns the other day. Uh, Suns Seattle. That Aww. was on. Uh, yeah. It's like Space Jam. <laughs> exactly exactly see i mean and and so in this respect i like that and i heard a podcast the other day where they're debating okay so when this is over um are we you know do you think espn will keep the classic stuff you know do you think enough and it's like nah they won't they won't you know unfortunately yeah classic yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Now is the time for ESPN Classic, and ironically enough, it's not on. Uh, people would be eating. I used to love that channel. I saw Satchel Page pitch a game on that channel. They they ran a 1953 game on that channel. I love that. You can see all the Jordan games on that channel. I love that channel, but I was the only one watching it apparently. So, so, and as far as like the washing hands thing, you know, this is what's really pissing me off. Quite frankly, is that um, you know for a long time in this country. People have needed to give personal space. You know, for a long time in this country, people should have been telecommuting instead of going into work. And for a long time in this country, people should have been washing their hands 10 times a day and cleaning surfaces. Look, I'm a housewife. I wash my hands 10 times a day. I told you guys before we came on, I got 11 pets, man. I'm constantly cleaning up. I don't know what everybody's obsession is now. Oh, my God. You mean you have to wash your hands? <laughs> you know, it's it's like the thing you always get after New Year's uh, Day, right? On New Year's Day, there's all these news programs that go, we know you're keeping your resolutions to try and lose more weight in 2021, so here are a few tips. Walk around for 20 minutes a day. Who is not doing this? <laughs> you know, who is not washing their hands when they come home? I don't who is know. Right. I mean, who is not like, you know, like nestling up to strangers, even when this coronavirus isn't going on? I mean, what? Yeah, for example, you know, Hang what on, did what? you do? <laughs> well, this is the run on toilet paper, right? Oh. This is what it's about, right? Walter's down. <laughs> so... So, you know, it's just like this, this drives me bananas. It's like, I hope, well, apparently the Korea example shows us that it's not necessarily so, but I hope that people would learn some hygiene from this after it's over. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is kid stuff. Um, so for me, I normally operate from home apart from auditions and things like that. The industry has pretty much, well, production here in the U.S. has pretty much ground to a halt. Um, casting is still going, actually, because... 
not casting in the offices. Everybody's gone home, um, but casting remotely. So self tapes, um, which is a super common thing in this industry where you basically tape your scene, your audition scenes from home with a reader. Um, that is also kind of on, that's, that's, it's not on pause, but it has decreased significantly just because, you know, we can't be visiting each other to read each other's audition scenes. So, um, and I think very few productions are, you know, still casting. Um, I, since this has happened, I've gotten maybe three auditions. And normally it would be much more than that. So um, when when all of this started, I sent messages out to like my agents and my manager. And I was like, hey, I know things are being ground to a halt. So I just hope you're doing well. Don't worry about it. I'm not wondering, hey, when is my audition coming in? Because I know things are paused. Just hope everybody's doing well. Um, yeah, I remember doing week one they were saying, I think Riverdale had to pause production in Canada. And I'm like, oh, it's starting. And sure enough, like here in the U.S., a lot of TV shows, movies, things like that started pausing production. And they just said, yeah, you know what? We'll we'll come back at a later time whenever this is all over. So, And I'm glad that was done because... The weird thing is, is that there are some TV shows in the can that they're going to delay release of. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking specifically here of Star Trek Discovery. I mean, that thing is done. The post-production is done. They're mm-hmm. doing teasers for it. Mm-hmm. However, they're saying maybe we're going to delay this by a month or two. It's like, why? Why, 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 would, why would this happen? That one I don't understand. Walter, do you have any insight on that? That I think uh, my gut is telling me that someone thinks they're smarter than they are. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, they're overthinking it. Yeah. Because, yeah, that, that was or one thing that had occurred it. to me. I'm trying to limit my going out to maybe, like, once a week or so. I have a dog, so the dog has to go out. We go out twice a day. And I think I've been a mild germaphobe since before the pandemic. Like, I try not to – I've never pushed the crosswalk buttons with my hands. Um, When I come home, I – you know, immediately wash my hands after taking off, like, my outdoor shoes and putting on my indoor shoes because Asian. Um, (laughs) Which people should start doing because there's a great case for that right now. But I'm not going to lie and say that this pandemic and the news cycle hasn't spiked a little bit of anxiety. So now I feel like whenever I go outside, I'm treating everything like raw chicken. (laughs) Don't, don't you think, don't you think this is, I, I'm glad to hear you say this, Rachel, because I was wondering if it was just me, but don't you think this brings out the hypochondriac in everybody? I mean, sure. I'm, I, I have sure. prided, I have prided myself on my awesome immune system for like, you know, my whole life because it's true. Folks in my family live to be 90s habitually, like for several generations now, right? We're pretty tough. Okay, and my daughter, you know, she's another one. She's got all the same immune system, right? But you sit there and you read these stories, and it's just like, oh my god, wait, is my throat dry? Oh, oh, oh god, you know, it's like, should I hold my know? breath for twenty seconds? <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm not buying that one. But no, it's, but then, it's total bunk. You know, but then I have to go to the to the pet store or or the grocery store usually for my pets. I mean, I, I, I'm going to the grocery store these days for my pets only. You know, I'm That's going what there one and does then as a pet owner. 
somebody coughs and like I duck, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, or whatever. And I'm like cringing or whatever. It's just like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm completely rational about it. I don't honestly believe that I'm going to get it. I think if I do, I'm going to be through it like that, like most things. But, you know, still I get these, you know, for, for, for five, ten minutes a day, I'm Woody Allen. You know, in the hypochondriac way, not the other ways, not the other ways. All right. Well, let's go into question two. Um, what have you guys been watching? We'll start with you, Oz. Oh, sure. I'd love to tell you. Um, I uh, it's it's interesting because before the pandemic hit, you know, I was following a couple of shows. Uh, I was following three shows, in fact, which is a record for me because usually I'm not following that many at one time that are being you know released fresh. Uh, Star Trek Picard, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and yeah. a CNN show called Race for the White House. Um, which they run every four years, uh, which is about, you know, past elections. And, you know, I've talked about this on the show before. I'm a total junkie for elections. I love election politics, right? So I was totally into all three of those shows. Well, two of them, the first two, Picard and Curb, ended last week, you know, organically. They ended with the last episode of the season. Uh, and Race to the White House, for some reason, because CNN are jackholes, they, they pulled this from the, from the schedule. Now you can't even see it. And, okay, I understand if you want to make people paranoid 24 hours a day about coronavirus, that's fine. You want to keep people nice and scared. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it's a money but it, thing. But at least put it in the streaming. At least put it mm -hmm. on demand. Right? I mean, why? Why are you holding this? You know, because I want to watch something else, you know, for 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, other than that, I've been watching, I've been doing the opposite of uh, Walter and watching a lot of movies. Um, right before this pandemic hit, I got a call from an old colleague slash friend of mine who runs a publishing house in England, uh, London, in fact, and uh, he, he pitched me a deal to write a book. On the top nice. twenty film, on the top twenty films of two thousand to twenty twenty. Let me now, know if I, you need an audiobook narrator. <laughs> how about it? And then uh, will the replacements so, be on there? <laughs> <laughs> Good call back. Isn't that nineteen ninety nine? It it better not have Roma. I don't think no no. I can give you the list. Would you guys like to hear the list? Yeah, yeah, please. I can give you the list. Yes. Okay, here's here's now this might change. I've already had to tweak this a couple of times, but here's more or less what I got: Memento, Lost in Translation, Requiem for a Dream, The Twenty Fifth Hour, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I got the Tarantino's Kill Bill and Glorious Bastards in Django Unchained, No Country for Old Men. I got Hunger, the British film from two thousand eight, Up, uh, Birdman. Oh. Birdman, Black Swan, Mad Max Fury Road, There Will Be Blood, Under the Skin, Get Out, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Jojo Rabbit, and Cloud Atlas. That's what I've got. So, nice. So I've, I've already knocked down like three or four of these. And let me tell you, it is a revelation. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to be asking for recommendations. One of my recommendations is, folks, watch the classics. You know, get quit it with the Netflix, the latest thing from Netflix, the original production from Netflix, which was made for like four hundred thousand dollars. Go back and watch some classics. And I don't you don't have to go, you know, you don't have to go into Walter's kryptonite. You don't have to go black and white. You know, just go back to the 80s or 90s. You know, mm -hmm. a few good men is on yeah. the TV all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. watch that. 
check that out. It's a great freaking movie, you know, and it's really compelling too. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff on stream and probably even on your cable if you still have it. That's on demand. You know, I mean, if you're into mafia, go, don't watch The Sopranos again. Watch friggin' Godfather again. You know, go back and look at that one. Go back and watch Goodfellas. I saw yeah. that not too long ago. Great film. Yep. Great film. You know, go back and watch some classics. So, so I've been practicing what I preach, and I've been doing that. I've also gone back and looked at some movies I missed in the last couple of years. I'd like to recommend uh, Knives Out. Uh, I finally got around to seeing this. Oh, great movie. Very clever movie. Well acted, excellent direction. I don't know why this couldn't have been a 10th film nominated for the Academy Award. Uh, it was better than Little Women. Um, I would like to not recommend uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which I caught just the other day. Uh, I love I love Kevin Smith, but let me just say there's nothing to remind you that the 90s are over than a new Kevin Smith movie, man. Oof. Dude, he's... <laughs> The shtick is over, man. The, the the meta stuff is over, dude. It's, it's rough when you can't pivot. Please. I love, I mean, I love Kevin Smith. Clerks and Chasing Amy are two of my all-time favorite movies. But, you know, it's like you can't, I mean, dude, move on a little bit, you know. Uh, so that one I saw, I also finally saw Terry Gilliam's uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Um, which is a very weird, excellent film. And it's probably the best film Adam Driver has done in the past two years, including Mary's Story. So, so that's a, that was a good watch. So I've just been watching a lot of movies. Sorry, Walter. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's not disappointed. You did watch some TV. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, but now, you know, like I say, all my, all my favorite stuff is, is done. So. Walter. Um, I've been watching, yeah, like I said earlier, uh, I watched Wallcard. That was one movie. Uh, I felt like it was a waste of a movie slot for me. Um, was, and then other than that, I'm trying to think if I watched another movie. I don't think I did. It's all been uh, TV shows. I, I watched um, the Korean show, Crash Landing on You, Eat to One Class. I'm watching uh, that right now. Yeah. Oh, you are? Okay. I, I, I won't give anything away. Um, okay. Thank you. I, I, it's, I'm on I, episode I thought, three. Yeah, like, uh, other than story, I, I won't talk about story stuff, but I thought it was shot amazing. Yeah, it, it, the, the, the it DP looks so that. good. Yeah, it looks amazing. The colors are Is great. Is it Netflix produced? So Netflix has a deal with uh, a Korean network called JTBC. Mm. Um, but I, I, I heard somewhere before, the way Netflix words it, you can tell if they produced it or like they created it and produced it or they just bought it. Uh -huh. So, like, they, they word it a little bit differently. I think one's, like, an, an original Netflix production, and then another one is, like, a Netflix production. I, I don't know. I don't know which, which is what. But um, mm -hmm. the Korean shows, uh, th this one, this one is, a, is a Korean production. Uh, I thought it was shot amazing. Uh, the colors are great. And the acting, all the actors are on there are great. Um, a little, uh, what do you, Rachel, what do you call them? Fun facts? Yes. Okay. Fun fact about Itaewon class is, and I forget the, the character's name, but her, her real name is uh, Nara Kwan. She's the one who was his friend from when they were little kids. Mm -hmm. uh, she was a K-pop star in a group oh. called Hello Venus. And they had a music video uh, that was banned in Korea. Why uh, was it banned? Because it was too... Uh, Okay, what's the name of the song again? Here? I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Uh, 
it'll come to me. It'll it'll come to me later. But there, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty risque. Oh, that's what it is. The word I'm looking for is risque. It was way too risque. Uh, and then another fun fact is uh, the lead actor, his haircut, where he's got that bowl cut. Yeah, what's going um, on there? So a lot. So this show is based on a webtoon. So the webtoon, what? The, the original character has that bowl cut. Korea, so, you are wild. Yeah, so it shows Korea, up with webtoons. Yeah, when they when, when something like becomes like a, a drama becomes super popular, like Itaewon class uh, is and was, they try to copy like hairstyles and the way they dress. And one thing that the actor said on the interview was, "Please do not copy this hairstyle. It is high maintenance because they have to cut it yeah. every day." to get it just like that. He's like, yeah. please don't do it. And he said he it doesn't look good. Uh, it doesn't feel good. So there's a two fun facts about you two in class. Can uh, you, yeah, for our watching... listeners, can you explain what a webtoon is for people that might not know? Um, webtoon, uh, and I don't watch webtoons because I'm a grown man. I don't, I don't watch webtoons. <laughs> uh, but I believe they're, they're basically just comic strips that are uh, online. Uh, mm -hmm. a lot, there's a, a lot of Korean shows are like so when a webtoon becomes immensely popular they make them into uh, live action Korean like TV shows and webtoon artists in Korea the top ones can make I believe 20 to 200 thousand dollars a month some astronomical oh. figures because um, th they become extremely popular and then from these they make TV shows so a lot of Korean dramas are based on web on popular webtoons which Itaewon class is one of them uh, another show I'm watching right now on Vicky.com is I'll go to you when the weather is nice. It's slow. It's, and I don't, I don't particularly appreciate slow shows. However, this show, in my opinion, it makes it work. Uh, it's shot in like the countryside of Korea. There's uh, a lot of snow. It's winter time. And the life, I think in any country, life in the country is sl just slower. The pace is a lot slower. And this show just makes it work. Um, but I know, like, I know a lot of the, the detracting comments on this show is that it's too slow. One thing that's good about Vicky.com, if you're into this, is you can live comment while the show's going. So while you're watching the show, all the comments that people have made at, at that like one minute and 35 mark or like 10 minute and 17 mark, you can read other people's comments. You can comment as well. That's too much for my, for my old self to deal with. But if I don't like someone, I will go back and, and read the comments to see if other people agree that we don't like this person. Uh, but yeah, I go to, I'll go to you when the weather is nice. That, that's been pretty fun to watch. And I've been watching um, Tell Me What You Saw, which is with uh, one of my favorite uh, male Korean actors, uh, Chang Hyuk. And um, the woman in there is uh, Soo Young from Girls' Generation. So that's the only reason I'm watching it because I'm not really into serial killers because I feel like the serial killer genre has been beaten like a dead horse in America and mm -hmm. there's nothing really new. Uh, I think it's, you know, after Silence of the Lambs broke it open, all these TV shows came out like Criminal Minds and there's nothing really new under the sun. But the only reason I'm watching this is because of the male main actor, Chang Yuk and Soo Young, who's from Girls' Generation, who is, which is a K-pop uh, band. And then the American shows, I, I watch the same ones. Um, Blacklist just started a couple weeks ago with James Spader. Uh, I've been watching 911. I couldn't get into 911 Lone Star, but the 911 that's set in uh, LA is pretty good. Deputy just finished with Stephen Dorff, who, if you guys don't know who Stephen Dorff is, he was in uh, Lost Boys. He was the bad guy in Lost Boys, and he was also the bad guy in Blade. Uh, he's also, I think, four foot five. 
tall. I, I don't know, five, four ten maybe five feet. So it's it's funny watching him stand with other actors. Um, Brian Van Holt also stars in it, who I love. Uh, you guys might know him from um, the Courtney Cox show Cougar Cougar Town. Um, and let's see what other American shows am I watching? Oh, a uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love that show. Uh, I, that's like one of the co comedies I, I enjoy watching. And uh, as far as other dramas, a Bull with Michael Weatherly who was on NCIS and originally from Dark Angel on Fox. He dated Jessica Alba when she was 19, his co-star. Uh, so props to him or maybe- How girls, old was I he? Know. I think he was 40. Props to him. <laughs> 35 or 40. Yeah, I don't know. Is, is, it, is, it too, uh, is it too incentive to say props to him? Or should I say ill, creepy? Um, Bull is fun to watch. Uh, and that's, yeah. As long as, long as it's, you know, they're above 18. Yeah, you know, that's what the, I figure. There's a mathematical formula for this, right? It's supposed to be like half your age plus seven. Yes. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. That's and what it's I amazing. Mean. It's amazing how well it works, too, because it's actually like not unrealistic. Half my age, okay, 23 plus, that's 30. So 30 is the youngest I can go. Yes, and be decent. Mm -hmm. Oh, fun fact about Dark Angel. So back then in the television industry, uh, when TV pilots were finished, they were commodities. Every production company, every agency wanted to get copies of the pilot. Nowadays, they just stream it and they send a DVD. It's not a big deal. Back then, there was there were VHS tapes, and as anyone knows, when they record VHS tapes, each generation gets degraded. So we had to label good copy, medium copy, bad copy. Dark Angel was one of the hardest pilots to get. I was one of the few guys that had it, and so everyone was calling me to get the Dark Angel pilot, and and the copy I had was actually pretty good. And I remember when we saw the pilot, I think it was a two-hour pilot. James Cameron was involved. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he did Terminator. And it was, it was a great pilot. And they blew, like, like most action pilots, they blow all their money on the pilot. And then episode mm -hmm. two and three, you're like, what's this? Um, but that was a very exciting show for a lot of people. But it just didn't meet expectations. Yeah, so, the ratings on that were really low. Yeah. And that was one of those famous like letter writing campaigns mm -hmm. because uh, the geeks were like hot for Jessica Alba because oh, yeah. she was a hot geek. So <laughs> they loved that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, she was a poster boy for the sci fi nerds. Just and then, you know, another fun fact about Dark Angel, they, there were no, because, you know, whenever shows are set in the future, they need automobiles that look futuristic. Mm -hmm. And at that time, there was only one automobile that did that, and that was the Pontiac Aztec. And that was the vehicle that Michael Weatherly drove around. The Aztec Mobile. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I got to ask on this, um, Cameron, for those of you who don't know, he was the director of Terminator. Yeah, well, also Aliens, The mm -hmm. Abyss, uh, the Blue People movie, and of course... <laughs> A little thing, the first billion dollar movie ever made, so. The boat movie? Yeah, that thing, yeah, it was uh, Poseidon Adventure, I think. <laughs> Something like that. So we got to give Cameron his due here, okay? Yeah. Thanks. He also, he also drove a Humvee. Oh my God, all right, I'll take it all back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, what have I been watching? I... I have been, I think it all started with when this pandemic kind of started creeping up on us. The first thing I watched was Train to Busan. Mm. <laughs> That's, right. That's um, right. I was, I was looking for more uh, Bong Joon-ho movies to watch. Um, but I think 
Okja was the only one on Netflix, and then they recommended some other ones. So I was like, oh, I'll check these some, some of these other ones out. Snowpiercer so isn't available somewhere? Oh, I've seen that one already. Oh, okay. um, I was looking for ones that I hadn't seen. Let me clarify that. Um, so they recommended Train to Busan, and I was like, I've heard that movie title bounced around a lot. Let me give it a shot. And I wasn't sure what to expect. And I saw, you know, the opening, one of the opening scenes, this like deer kind of like get with this dead roadkill deer kind of like gets up off the road. And I'm like, is this a zombie horror movie? I'm not ready for this, but I also oh, didn't want right. it. That's yes. Right. Have you seen it? Have you guys seen yeah, this yeah. movie? Uh-huh. Yep. It's great. I didn't want to hit pause or stop because I was like, this is actually pretty good. And then, you know, you get to the end and you realize they mashed it up with the Korean drama. I've never cried in a horror movie before. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Why are you toying with my other, the other spectrum of emotions? You're only allowed this side. <laughs> So have you seen Kingdom? Actually, that was the next thing that I started okay. watching. So I'm on episode three or four of Kingdom. Oh, um, I have to take two. it in season one. Okay. I just started. I have to take that one in doses because that one is actually scary. Like, yeah. Train to Busan was not that scary for me. Um, my tolerance is pretty low, um, I think. So I, I think it's like you, if you're a little bit like squeamish about scary things, I think. Train to Busan, you can handle. Versus Kingdom, where I genuinely do find moments scary. I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I have to take that one slowly. Let's see, what else have I been watching? Uh, that's kind of everything on the... Uh, some watching. I thought this was really interesting. So watching Train to Busan made me really like hopeful about our situation. Not because like it's like, oh, they had zombies and we don't. Not like that. It's more like, if we work Although that together, is good. Yes, that is good, I will say. (laughs) But it made me realize, like, the way we're going to get through this is we're going to help each other. We're going to get over our selfishness. We're going to realize this is not about me and, you know, help each other get through this. And that just, that beautiful note was really accentuated in the movie. And it made me feel like, okay, we're going to be okay. You know, I mean, that's not to say bad things won't happen, but we can get through this. So that was an interesting like note of catharsis. I do not have that same feeling about Kingdom, but you know, we're not <laughs> we're not to the end yet. So we'll see. Um, they make it very clear though in Train to Busan, good, bad, good choices, bad choices, you know. So to have that sort of moral clarity in a climate where we have to decide do we want to sacrifice X number of unhealthy and old people for our economy? Eh. You know, but having that moral clarity in front of you on the television is really, it's just really refreshing. Um, I think that's why a lot of people look for good versus evil in times like this. And when it's really clear, it's really cathartic. Um, so that's kind of the, for me, on the in the disaster pandemic category. In the comedy relief side, I've been watching Courier Enthusiasm, which I have just discovered. I don't know why I'm just watching it now, but it's great. Um, have you gone back I've been and watched watching... all the old ones? I mean, did you? I, I started with the most recent season. Are you um, going to do it I'm backwards? Going back. or... oh, okay. Prob- well, I'll probably do like what I did with Always Sunny, watch the recent ones, and then go all the way back to the mm, beginning. Mm, 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 do you recommend that, Oz? Well, the first couple seasons are a little rough. Okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll the, skip that. 
you, you, you've heard my rant on, on HBO series. Well, you know, the first couple of seasons, they descend into the shocking, into the crude, you know, the overly crude. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. not nearly as witty. This last season of Curb was tight. It yeah. was good. It's good. That one episode with the guy who commits right suicide about the Jets was just like incredible. There were like, it was one of the, I love comedy shows and Seinfeld was particularly good at this at their peak where you can introduce like nine or 10 subplots and wrap them all up by the end. You know, you just have all this stuff going on. And so in that way, the episode has no wasted space. And they say about Curb Your Enthusiasm that it's uh, improv and all this stuff. That may be so, but these people that have been on the show have been at it for so long that they're nailing it really quick. You know, it's very, yeah. very tight. And you just, in the first couple of seasons, it's just a bit rough. Like they're just trying to find their space you know, mm -hmm. with that technique. But mm -hmm. I mean, beginning with the Seinfeld reunion show, which was the theme of like season seven or eight, it's, it's every, every show is excellent. Every episode is excellent. That's that interesting. Well, I'm so, glad I started then with the most recent season. Yeah. You might want to go like do it in blocks, like do it in yeah. trilogies, like do yeah. seven through 10 next and then do four through six and then one through three. You know, yeah. something like that because that's kind of like how i watched uh parks and rec although i skipped season one altogether because i heard that's oh, that's perfectly fine to do almost every it's amazing show. yeah almost yeah it's amazing show. how like a lot of these shows didn't get canceled yeah and they were given a second chance whereas nowadays i don't know that shows really get that chance well, um, now, nowadays we've discovered that thing that BBC has known since the 50s, and that's it's okay to do a finite series. A limited series, it's, yeah. Right, it's okay mm -hmm. to do Watchmen for 12 weeks or whatever and then say no more, mm -hmm. you know, or mm -hmm. at least for a few years. I mean, geez, even Faulty Towers said, okay, I'm going to do six of these, then maybe three years, four years, when I feel like doing another one, I'll do another one. You know, yeah. we can do that now. We can do that now. So it's like... Yeah. You know, that question is out the window. It, I guess I like, if you don't yeah. hit on the first episode, I suppose you could get yanked, but it seems pretty rare. Yeah, that's yeah why, that's I mean, I mean I like if Korean your pilot shows. doesn't go through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why but, I like Korean shows. They're one season, and they're done. 16 one hours or 32 half hours, and then you're mm -hmm. done. Um, mm -hmm. but, you know, the, but like with, t with certain TV shows, I feel like certain, they do, some of them do need a few episodes, maybe several even, to kind of get moving. Uh, like Game of Thrones, if, if it wasn't HBO, that would have been canceled because mm -hmm. the first five episodes, you're like, this is dumb. What is this? <laughs> you know, because it's HBO, they go, hey, just do it. And then, you know, by episode six, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Well, yeah, but you got to remember too, Walter, that that's a franchise. I mean, they yeah. brought, they brought a true. lot of geeks with them. So yeah. there's going to yeah. be a lot of people that were going to stick around till the end, that's no true. matter, no matter the shit show it turned out to be, you can blip yeah. that. <laughs> that was me with the Hobbit movies. Yeah, like Friends had a tough time in the beginning. Yeah, sure. Uh, and they lasted 10 years. I mean, because a uh, fun mm -hmm. fact about Friends, they called uh, John Wells from ER and asked to borrow George Clooney and Noah Wiley because Friends and ER started the same year. I believe it was 94 mm -hmm. uh, or 92. 92 or 94, I forget which, which year. But uh, ER was number one from the get-go. Friends was struggling. So they asked to borrow George Clooney and Noah Wiley as um, just guest stars. Yeah. And they, when they, and they borrowed, you know, and John Wilson, yeah, go ahead. And that kind of like bumped up friends for a little bit in the ratings arena. But they, they had a tough time. Seinfeld had a tough time first couple of years, I think. 
Um, the Office nowadays, was not have, popular even. What was that? The Office. Oh, yeah. Um, Super niche. But, yeah, nowadays, if you're not hot from the starting gate, it's tough. I mean, they're you giving... Yeah, they're, they're giving... They were, it used to be 22 episode season orders mm-hmm. if, they, if, it went, if it was approved for the season. Then it, and then because of the, uh, the economy, they, they dropped it down to 13. And then they said, if you, if you succeed, we'll give you the back nine for a total of 22. Now I've heard in the last like three, four years, they've been doing nine episode runs. And then maybe you might get 13 if you're successful. Maybe it could just be 10. Um, so well, but see, that seems to be the preferred number because look, I've got Curb, I've got South Park, I've got Doctor Who, I've got all the Star Treks. All of these are going 10 episodes now. All of yeah. these, whether and, you're successful or just starting out or telling yeah. one story, all of them are going 10. Now, it's interesting. This keeps coming up, but I wanted to bring this up. You know, one of the things that I think we need to think about, especially with the entertainment industry in light of this virus situation, is that what's going to stay, right? What's going to be permanent after this is over? That's mm-hmm. happening right now, right? For example, we had the writer's strike, you know, mm-hmm. a few years back. And what happened after that? Here's one of the things that happened after that. They do 10% as many pilots now. Mm-hmm. They started doing that during the writer's strike and they just said, hey, let's just keep it that way. That way yeah. we don't have to reject as many shows. <laughs> you know, we're only mm-hmm. gonna go with the cream of the crop on that bubbling under level yeah. you know, on that because and again more people are streaming and whatnot and going online and whatnot so we don't want to risk this many pilots that's just throwing money yeah right? so <laughs> so this is one of the things i've been wondering about is with this virus like what's going to stay and what's going to go for example i heard a podcast that brought this one up this is a great example okay in sports right in basketball or something that's played inside especially what do you do after the game as a reporter you go into the locker room Mm-hmm. And you're interviewing these guys, right? You're listening to the coach giving speeches and all these guys are sweating and bleeding and whatnot. And everybody hates it. The players hate it. The coaches hate it. The report. Guess what? That's done. Yeah. It's never going to happen anymore. We got rid of it for this virus and people are going to decide we don't need it. Yeah. That's going to stay. So I'm wondering like what in the industry is going to change forever because of this. I think yeah. what it, any excuse for them not to spend money. Right, right, exactly. Uh-huh. exactly. So whatever, yeah. I mean, like that first, that, not the first writer strike, but the first writer strike that I was aware of, two uh, thousand, early two thousand, yeah, is when reality shows came came about. Right, exactly, exactly. And they were they were stockpiling scripts because the way the deal works is that they if they had the script they can shoot it. So they were stockpiling scripts, and then reality TV came about. And the, our, our impression was is that once the strike was over, the reality shows would go away, at least some like the ones that weren't popular, but that didn't that never happen. Oh, the it opposite. kept growing and growing. Yeah. Uh, TV network and studios started opening reality TV departments. Um, so apart from Curb, I'm also watching 30 Rock. I've just started that all the way from season one. Um, both of my brothers love it. And I've seen, I've watched episodes I, I like this. I don't know if I'd watch it by myself, but I started it again, and <laughs> I love it. I'm just going through it so fast. I It's been a week. I'm already on season five, I think. What else have I been watching? I started watching, um, it's that Netflix show. I think it's called I'm Not Okay With This. I don't know if either of you guys have seen that, but it's mm. the girl that's going through puberty, and she seems to have superpowers seen two episodes of that that's really cute it's kind of mm. like a it reminds me a lot of stranger things but without 
the it's very I think it's like set in the 80s as well but like it doesn't have that sci-fi vibe to it so I'm curious to see where that goes and then we I kind of have discovered that I've been watching um media in like this third category which is kind of off the wall stuff that I wouldn't normally watch just to get my mind off of you know what's going on um I convinced two of my friends to watch Magic Mike with me. <laughs> magic Mike, what's that? I, Mag- I have to admit ignorance here. What's Magic Mike? You've never, you've never heard of Magic Mike. I might. Uh, have. So it's okay. So it stars Channing Tatum and well, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Um, there's a bunch of other well-known actors in there. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Fluffy. Yes, Fluffy is in it. Olivia and. Mine. Olivia Munn's in it. There's a ton of, you know, famous people in there, but it's partly based off of Channing Tatum's real life. He was a male stripper. Have you guys been watching anything off the wall that you wouldn't normally be watching because of what's going on? I'll tell you one thing that I watched, dude, because normally I would have just been, oh, that's neat. I remember this, but I I came across this thing the other day called, uh, it's on YouTube. And they have three of the four episodes that they originally ran on ESPN back in 1999. It's a series called Matchups of the Millennium. Okay. And what they did was, this was in 1999. So they took four football teams from the past, right? So they have the 60s Packers and they have the 70s Steelers and the 80s Cowboys and the 90s 49ers, right? And what they did was, is using CGI and colorization technology, they took a bunch of old game footage and then like colored it and spliced it together. So they had these matchups between these teams from different eras, right? And then they did, they do this cheesy thing where they have the Monday Night Football guys there and, you know, Howard Cosell is supposedly there and stuff. So they're sampling in Cosell and stuff like this. And, and it's, it's pretty cheesy and pretty 90s. But for the sports, it's really interesting. And, and it's still, the technology is still really good. It's really quite seamless. It's, it's quite amazing that the way they did it. Um, there's a few plays where you can remember them, where it's like, for example, the Steelers against somebody else. And you go, wait a minute, I've seen that before, but it wasn't in this like they colored everybody. <laughs> they changed their <laughs> uniforms. What happened? You know, and it's, so it's really wild in that respect. And those things, there's like four episodes. They're each about 40 minutes long or so. But like I say, in the past, if I had found that, I would have just gone, oh, that's cool. You know, but now I remember seeing that in 1999. But now, you know, since I have a little time, I actually watched them. So that was fun. Um, but other than that, you know, again, it's just like I've, I've never been desperate to like find stuff to watch, you know, cause I'm always willing to go back to the classics mm-hmm. and plus, and plus, you know, let, let me tell you something, true confession here. I can watch the old doctor who's in the old star treks over and over and over and over and over. I think for me, like I wasn't planning on watching it, but like for me, I like to leave the TV on cause I like something, I like to hear uh, noises uh, while I'm at home. And I turned the TV, it was on ESPN. And it was the cornhole toss. <laughs> and oh, God. Yes. When I turned it on, I wasn't paying attention to what it was. I was doing something else, and I sat back on my couch, and I'm like, what is this? Because they had, they had uniforms, like uh, jerseys on. It oh, wasn't like they were wearing, like, a T-shirt like I'm wearing. They had, like, uniforms with, like, patches on it. And I'm like, 
and then the when I first was paying attention is when they were just standing and they were just tossing their their beanbag in their hand and I'm like what is this what is this and then I see that they're tossing you know beanbags they're doing cornhole and I was like what channel is this I thought honestly I thought it was like TNN uh, or one of those You've really not stations. seen this before. Have you not no. seen this before on the ESPN? No. Yeah, this has been coming up the last two, three years. Yeah, they, oh. they, they've run like the championship. I think it's on like July 4th or Memorial Day in oh, May wow. or something like yeah, that. No. Yeah, it's I ridiculous. Have, this is the first time I, I've, I've seen this and I thought, this is crazy. Are we that strapped up and hard up for sports that we're watching <laughs> got grown men toss beanbags into a hole? And I, thought, I wouldn't crazy. do that for fun. And the, yeah. and and the worst part is, the worst part is, it's replays, dude. Oh, it's oh, not no. even live. Oh, it's that, from year, it's probably from last year. Oh, oh my God. It's so, and they're and also showing a, dodgeball. They show dodgeball. I'd rather watch dodgeball. I would rather adults, watch dodgeball. Adults playing dodgeball. Give me a break. I would rather watch that than cornhole. Um, <laughs> but tag. It, it, would go, it would go dodgeball, marble racing. And then cornhole toss. Uh, oh, do you remember? Do you remember? Um, there was a little while a few years ago where it was hyped to watch uh, the rock, paper, scissors championship. Oh, I, I can't even. In, in Las Vegas, right? All these people, they were wearing these outrageous costumes and stuff. And they're in a little boxing ring. And they were showing that on ESPN. It's, it, it's <laughs> ridiculous. This has been the MacGuffin Report with Rachel Wong, Oz Davis, Walter Hong, produced by Inclusive Medium.